There's no secret formula for better service throughout the customer journey. But there is the all-new service hub from HubSpot. It makes it infinitely easier to scale customer support and increase retention. By bringing service and support together in one powerful platform, you can deliver the best experiences for your customers and your teams. Free up time for your reps to focus on complex issues with an AI-powered help desk. Proactively drive retention with customer health scores that help keep your business ahead, stopping churn in its tracks. And give your entire go-to-market team the data they need to operate as one unified, powerful front. Also, you can easily support, strengthen, and grow your customer base. Secrets out. HubSpot Service Hub is a game changer. Visit HubSpot.com service to do more for your customers today. Howdy, folks. It is Wednesday, July 6th. I'm Jacob Cohen, and this is The Hustle Daily Show. Later in today's episode, you've heard of physics and fortune tellers, but have you heard of trend forecasting? Our writers, Zach and Rob, are going to go on a deep dive into the wonderful world of trend forecasting and talk with our trends analyst, Ethan, all about how to forecast and identify trends. He's been doing it for years, and you're going to hear what he has to say. But before we get into that, I'm going to run through the latest news in business and tech. Let's get crackalacking. All right, first things first, TikTok is reportedly planning to scale back its live shopping features in the United States and Europe, the Financial Times reported, after seeing early tests fail to gain traction. Live shopping, basically like QVC on the phone, is an enormous business for TikTok's owner ByteDance in China. There are huge cultural events around it there, but I guess what works in one place might not work well in another. What is next? Oil prices are cooling a bit, though it may not feel like it yet. Slowing demand and recession fears helped the benchmark U.S. price for crude oil drop below $100 a barrel on Tuesday, continuing a rapid turnaround from skyrocketing levels in recent months. Moving along, Amazon agreed to simplify the process of canceling a Prime membership in Europe following a complaint by EU consumer groups to just two clicks. The move will end the practice they're known as dark patterns, basically manipulative design techniques that add friction to certain processes, in this case, a cancellation process. So I'd say for consumers, this is a good thing. Up next, we got robot referees. FIFA said an AI will call offsides during the 2022 World Cup using cameras as well as a sensor in the ball that tracks its location 500 times per second. The news comes soon after Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred told ESPN the league plans to introduce robot umpires in the 2024 season. If you ask me, that's going to make the game less interesting than it already is. And last but not least, Stranger Things Season 4 became the second Netflix show to surpass a billion hours viewed. It's the second most watched Netflix season ever after Squid Game. Also in TV and film news, Avatar director James Cameron said in a recent interview that the fourth installment of the series is going to be a motherfucker. Remember, it's been well over a decade since the first one came out, and the second is slated for later this year. All right, and with that, let's move along to our discussion all about the wonderful world of trends. So the first question we have for you here is, how do you usually describe to friends or family what it is that you do? That's a good question. I think the real answer is I just say I'm a writer or I'll mm -hmm. say I work in marketing. 
But the, I guess, more detailed answer is that I've always kind of had this problem with my career, which is that I don't think anybody in my family really knows what I do. Like anybody (laughs) who's been in tech for the last 10 years, I think has gone through something similar where like our families all just think we're drug dealers, right? Because we just work at home. (laughs) It doesn't look terribly hard. We live a pretty comfortable life. So yeah, that's been a little bit of a struggle, but typically I'll just say that I'm a writer and I write about business trends. And can you just give us a clip notes of what trends is for anyone who who doesn't know of that newsletter? Uh, yeah. So I think like the slogan on the website is your next business idea delivered weekly. And originally what that meant was like the next idea for the business that you want to start. Right. And where trends originally came from was the Hustles founder, Sam Parr had sort of this side passion, which was just researching other businesses and seeing how they're doing what they're doing and what they're getting into as far as product lines and all this kind of stuff. And so he wanted to kind of like open that notebook up to the world because he had a whole bunch of just cool data and things that he had found. Mm. That became trends. And in the beginning, it was largely about starting new things. But now, you know, we're a couple of years into it. Uh, in fact, we just celebrated our third birthday the other day. So we've got this community of people who like they've got a business and they don't necessarily need a new idea for something to launch. Mm. So over the last couple of years, we've started integrating a lot of new business ideas and in terms of what's the next thing you're going to do in your existing business to take it to the next level. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of like products and strategies to push your business. And there are certain parameters that you use to define a trend, right? It has to be data backed. It has to be tied to a wider market or a macro trend. It has to be tied to something actionable. Are there any other criteria in something that you look for? You know, I think one of the most important things for us is that it's got to be a little bit surprising. There's sort of a like an important business reason for it. It's not just a content thing. Yeah, let's go down that rabbit hole. Okay, so when you think about what a business idea really is or like a business trend that you want to capitalize on, what you're really doing is you're saying, here's this thing that's not really big yet, but I think it's going to be big. And so you could kind of think of it almost like an investment, right? And when it comes to investing, there are really only a couple of ways an investment is going to go. And you can think of a two by two matrix, right? So when you pick an investment, you're either right or you're wrong about whether or not it's a good investment, whether or not it's going to get bigger. And you're either in consensus, meaning most people agree with you, or you're out of consensus, meaning most people disagree with you. So if you're wrong, it doesn't really matter either way, whether people agree with you or they don't agree with you, you're going to lose money. Hmm. But if you're right, and most people agree with you, then you've kind of lost a lot of the opportunity for the upside for that. Hmm. And so this is something that we try to focus on behind the scenes. It's like, we want to pick things that yes, are data backed. And yes, they're tied to a real opportunity because that's really important for our reader base. But we're also looking for things that most people like haven't heard of or might even disagree with over like whether or not there's an opportunity there. And then we'll try and unfold the story and show like why we're not crazy for thinking so. Right. So it, it wouldn't really be that interesting to, to say like fidget spinners are popular, you know? <laughs> yeah. Or crypto. Crypto is going to be big. Right. Like, right. You're not going to pay me to tell you that. So Ethan, we've talked a little bit about what trends is, what makes a trend. Now, without giving away your secret sauce, is there any way that you can kind of walk us through your process every week as, as you're going through and kind of seeking out the next big thing. Totally. And I'll tell you what, I'll do you one better because I I will give away the secret sauce. Love it. Because I think a lot of this really comes down to personal perspective. So there's some of these things that can be trained, right? We'll talk about that. But there's a certain amount of it. Like when people 
sign up for trends, they're not just signing up for access to data. They're they're more like signing up for our perspective on data that mm. pretty much anybody could find if they could put the time in. So I'll break it down. There's one more idea that's important to know before I get into it, though. And it's I think about this a lot when I think about trends, which is there's an old saying that says, like, the future is here. It's just not evenly distributed. Have you guys heard this one? No, it sounds vaguely familiar, but I don't. Yeah, I can't place it. It's sort of a famous like techie nerd kind of concept. And the idea is like take medical treatments as an example. At any given time, there are universities and hospitals that are experimenting with like the absolute vanguard of medical treatment. And they know certain things are possible. But then even once you've proven that it's possible to do something, it's got to go through several stages before it ever becomes available to like the average consumer. And so the same kind of thing happens with different business trends like Pretty much everything that's going to be commonplace 10 years from now, there's somebody talking about it now, right? There's somebody who thinks that it's the next big thing. And the trick is really to kind of figure out how to dive into that information stream in a certain place Hmm. so that you can start being exposed to some of these ideas. It sounds like a part of that, too, is just sifting through a a hell of a lot of noise. (laughs) It definitely is. And I think the noise is a great term for it, too. I think that's what we're really looking for is like, how do you separate the signal from the noise? And when you think about information flow, almost like a river way up at the source, there's like a whole bunch of noise. So everyone's got all these kinds of ideas and Mm. everybody wants to pretend like their idea is the next big thing. But as you guys know, from years of reporting in business and startups and stuff like that, not everything takes. Right. So you get like further and further downstream and gradually things kind of settle out and then you end up with these large trends that, yeah, really direct things. Mainstream news is going to report on Trends that are pretty well established, they're pretty far along in that chain, Mm -hmm. whereas you can work your way backwards, like Twitter is usually a little bit earlier than that, and blogs are a little earlier than that, and these like conversation rooms like 4chan or Reddit, stuff like that, (laughs) is even earlier than that. And so you can kind of put yourself at different places in the information chain. Let's linger on that for one second. Like, I know there are a lot of tools you use in your research when you're talking about tracing something back to kind of the beginning of that river. Take us through a few of these tools, like Jungle Scout, for instance. What is Jungle Scout and what do you typically use that for? Yeah, good question. So Jungle Scout is a tool that's used to show changes in Amazon purchasing behavior over time. Mm. Uh, And it's a good tool. It's an interesting tool. I think I would classify it more as a tool for vetting an idea rather than finding one. There's kind of like two stages to the process. We're always sort of like in observation mode, looking for ideas that are worth writing about. And then as you find things, you kind of put them through different tests in order to either confirm or like debunk the theory that it's a good trend. So as an example, where will we find ideas? I think people are the key to finding ideas. And actually, I think there's probably a lot of overlap with like how you guys find stories, which I'm curious to hear about as well, because I think the work that both of our teams does is relatively similar in terms of sourcing the initial thread of the idea. Mm -hmm. What's different is what happens downstream of that. Right. So for us, I think I find a lot of ideas on those platforms we talked about, places like Twitter, or I like to go and read things like SEC reports, SEC filings. So wait, these aren't like earnings reports, are they? They are. Yes. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's really interesting. There's a couple of really interesting things about those. One is that like by law, these companies have to spell out any threats to their business inside those earnings reports. 
And so that's kind of interesting to go through mm. because a threat to somebody else's business is an opportunity for somebody else. That's smart. Yeah. Yeah. But the other thing is that in a lot of their letters to investors, they'll talk about where their major plans are or what their major pain points are, things that contributed to changes in sales. So if a company had a really great third quarter, they might talk about that and, and like the rise in Gen Z buying plants. For example, I know one of our most famous reports was related to the at-home plant market. It was the annual report for 1-800-Flowers. And the insight there was like a half a sentence that just said, millennials are like one of the largest growing customer bases for this. Hmm. And so that's where the seed of the idea comes from. You can find it in reports, you can find it in chat rooms, you can find it in trade publications, Hmm. real boring trade publications, like HR trade publications. You'll find crazy stuff in there because HR deals with everybody. Dude, it's so funny that you say this because one of my favorite newsletters is Patent Drop, where this guy literally just scours patents from some of like the major companies in the world to try to figure out what they're working on next. And it's like, dude, these government registries are just gold mines for ideas going forward in the future. That's an awesome one. It's a good one. Yeah, we have a guy in our community who did something similar, which was expiring patents. We did a whole report on this. The vast majority of patents that ever get filed, in order to maintain a patent, you file it, but then there's like follow-up dates where you have to pay additional fees Mm -hmm. in order to keep it. And most people never pay those because the patent doesn't turn out to be as lucrative as they thought it would be. So there's huge, I mean, the same database is full of patents that are just about to expire and you can go through and just mine those for ideas. The ideas, they're everywhere. They're out there if you have time to go look for them. Let's say you hear from a few people that onion-flavored candles are like the next hot thing. (laughs) So you have the indicator, you have the kernel of the idea. What would be like your first steps to try to verify if this is actually just smoke or if it's actually a signal? Yeah, great question. So a couple of tools we'll use for that. Conversation, right? We'll use something like Google Trends, which is a free tool. Anybody can go use it. You type in different keywords and you can see like what the pattern of search interest is related to that. Hmm. Similarly, I think we were talking about earlier, Pinterest offers a like a similar platform where you can look up different search terms and see the change over time of whether or not people are looking for that thing. We'll use things like TikTok. TikTok displays really interesting statistics about view counts. And then once we've established that people are actually talking about something, tools like Jungle Scout can be used to go see if they're paying for anything related to it. One other thing would be funding for startups in this space. That's usually a pretty good indicator, especially now because we're kind of heading into a colder startup market where investors, they're really kind of making you prove you've got a good idea before they'll throw a check at you. Hmm. So funding reports are a great way to vet that. Like Crunchbase or something. Yeah, Crunchbase is cool. Axios Pro Rata is a great newsletter where they basically round up funding from all over the web and they'll Hmm. kind of report on that on a daily basis. Yeah, it's a lot of observation and then just kind of knowing where to look in order to vet those ideas. Sure. So those are the two things like conversation, buzz and financial backing. Sure. Oh, can I give you one more? Yes. I love job boards. Job boards. Job boards and hiring pages on websites. And then you can combine it with one other tool. This is really fun. So you guys, I'm sure you use the archive, like the Wayback Machine on archive.org. Yes. Okay. So if you combine that on the job page for like any website, you can see how they grew, how their company grew over time. 
So just take whatever their hiring page is, drop it into the archive.org Wayback Machine and click through the different archived versions of that page. And you'll see what the hiring priorities are for a company as it grows. And I think that's more related to some of the tactical stuff that we do. Mm -hmm. Again, it's not all just business ideas. Ethan, you and I were talking before this recording and you mentioned something else. You mentioned 90s movies. And I'm just really curious where where that comes into this process. I'm so excited to get into this. So when I'm training analysts, one of the hardest parts of this job is training somebody else on how to do this. And what we really try to do is just kind of instill some of the philosophies, right? Because like in an ideal setting, somebody's going to understand the goal and then they're going to go off and find all kinds of new resources that I don't even know about in order to find new and interesting trends. So one of the ways that we'll do that is we talk about Men in Black. You guys ever watch Men in Black? OG Men in Black from the 90s? Legitimately favorite movie for probably like a decade. So then you'll remember the shooting range scene that he goes through when he's trying out. Yeah, he shoots the little girl when when everyone else shoots the monsters, right? Right. So Will Smith walks onto a shooting range and there's a bunch of cardboard targets down range. A whole bunch of them are aliens. They look big, scary aliens. And then there's like one little girl in the middle of the range. Lights go down. They all start flashing. All the guys are shooting. Will Smith's looking around. He doesn't do anything, doesn't do anything, waits till the very end, finally takes one shot. The instructor comes in and he's like, why did you shoot little Emily or whatever the <laughs> whatever they call the target? And he goes, uh, well, you know, I was going to shoot this alien over here that's like hanging on the pole. But then I just realized, you know, he's just working out like he's he's not really a threat. And I was going to shoot this one over here. But, you know, he's not a threat either. He's just sneezing. He's like, then I looked at this girl and like, you know, what is she, five years old in the middle of the hood, in the middle of the night? And like, she's carrying these textbooks that say quantum physics and all this kind of stuff on it. (laughs) She's about to start something. And I love that scene because I think it encapsulates what we're really trying to do here, which is like, this is not really about having access to different information than anybody else has. It's about learning to look at the exact same things in a different way. And I think the people who are the best at this and I think trends is one of them, but there was a lot of people in this space who are really good and I rely on them for part of my daily job is they're all really good at asking questions. I was curious, do you have like a favorite trend forecaster or it could be, you know, like a group or a publication or something like that, but just someone who you trust to predict the future or like really respect their takes and their thought process? One of the things that we feel is really important editorially is we don't speculate on how trends are going to evolve. We only talk about what's happening right now. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that, especially coming out of the last two years. I mean, where everything can change on a dime. Mm -hmm. So I actually don't read a lot of future forecasting. But what I do read are people who are very good at asking critical questions that I think go against the grain of what a lot of people feel comfortable believing. Yeah, I guess the real question here is like, what is the difference between a trend and a fad, you know? Right. One way to think about this is that, yes, things like Tamagotchis and Pogs may have come and gone, but the underlying impulse that led to their rise in the first place is still there. And you see that in things like NFTs Mm -hmm. right now, which have been widely compared to like the Pogs of 2022 or other sorts of digital relationships that people now have with AIs that don't really exist. I mean, it's basically Tamagotchis on steroids. Totally. And so I don't know if you can ever really predict that a trend is definitely going to last, but you can battle test 
whether there's serious market viability there by looking at it and then kind of investigating the psychographic behind previous versions of that to see if it taps into something that's truly longstanding, like a part of human nature. And I think that's another important thing to talk about related to trends of all sorts is that like people actually don't change that much. And I think there's a lot of techno maximalists who want to pretend like the world's going to be so different 20 years from now than it is now. And I frankly don't buy into that. I think the world's going to change a lot less in the next 20 years than most people think. And that's because, you know, by and large, like people don't really change. Our needs are all the same as they were 10,000 years ago. The technology to serve them is a little bit better in some ways, but it's not universally better and it's not universally accepted. And so maybe that's like the most important piece is that to be really good at this Yeah, you have to be good at asking questions, but you also you have to know something about human nature and be like somewhat critical of progress as well, because there's a lot of people out there Mm. that just want to hawk something new. Right. And bada bing, bada boom, that is going to do it for us today. Thank you so much for tuning into the Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Robert Hartwig. Our executive producer is Darren Clark. If you liked what you heard today, we've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter, which you can sign up for at thehustle.co. Have a wonderful Wednesday. We'll see you tomorrow.